Welcome back, my friends, to the Sweet Spa, where IT leaders share the inside with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and as in every week, I have my two co-hosts, Howard Holden and Paul Lewis. Hello, guys. Hey, there. hey Carlos. Very well. Oh, you still snow uh, on the mountain? Or you came back? There's no snow. It is incredibly hot. We are running between 31 Celsius to 34 Celsius on a daily basis. It feels like 40s. It's hot. It's not something you want to go out with. The dogs have where they used to do like a good two kilometer walk is doing like 100 meter walks. They're coming back, doing their business back in the house. So for, for those of us that lived in parts of the world that matter, what is what is that workout to? Is that like a 95 minute? I was going to say that. <laughs> well, imagine a 45 minute walk now are, you know, five to 10 minute walks. So it's like a uh, hundred degrees Fahrenheit? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's hot. For as north as you live, that's too hot. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's yeah. And it's hot. muggy. It's, it's the mugginess that uh, has the negative impact on you. But do keep in mind, The Republican Party has declared there is no such thing as climate change. Means all of you all to get there, all everyone in Toronto has obviously left their furnaces on, and that's a big mistake. You should send out a bulletin or something. <laughs> right. Fortunately, we have different politics. The more north you go, right? So we there's a general belief in this country across north, east to west, where that that exists. Oh, oh, I so so it's just that it's it's not that. Climate change doesn't exist. It just it's it's a uniquely not U.S. problem. That's correct. <laughs> it just doesn't exist in the U.S. It exists everywhere else. It just okay. doesn't exist in the U.S. Right, well, that's good to know. That's good to know. I'll remember that when I, as I travel, I'll have to pack differently. Right. <laughs> Sorry, but I am uh, packed up, ready to go to uh, Disneyland tomorrow for a five-day fun experience with the youngest, just before he goes to high school. The oldest, just dropping her off at college. It's a it's a life changing pod. It's a pod about about changes. Yeah, we're we are um we are we have started to kind of go through the house and start to pack mm. for a pending sale and relocation to Atlanta. Nice. At which time, all of us will be in the same time zone. Well, all of us will live in the same time zone. My <laughs> <laughs> headspace completely different situation. It will be. It will be nice to be able to uh, to not have to do the crazy kind of gymnastics. I feel we sometimes do on a week to week basis. <laughs> right. The time zone calculations. And assuming we keep the pods in order of recording, the next pod you, that our audience sees after this one will actually have all of us together in the same room. Nice. And we tried to coordinate Carlos, but I don't know. He had some excuse. Sorry, some some work excuse. It was terrible. I'm not sure I bought into it. We'll see if there could be a <laughs> something. I may drop on a parachute or something. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It couldn't even be a long drive. What's that drive? 10 hours? It's nothing. But it actually will be easier to just get a jumper plane. Literally. I can, I, I, let, let's talk about it. Let's see. <laughs> my, my parachute plane and I could just jump. <laughs> so thinking about that, I know that we take time uh, through different mediums to build the ideas where we want to go, when we're going to 
share here. Sometimes we exchange things that we are living in our different roles to try to help to build a strategy. But sometimes our thinking is not just focused on the technology because we are, even though we are technical leaders, we had to think strategically. What happened when somebody think that then we have lost our technical ability and think that we're dumb because we have moved just to think about the strategy? Yeah, so, so this kind of happened to me a few days ago. Um, I, I took a new call. Um, we were talking through a topic I, I honestly didn't care about. I will be clear. Um, I don't really care about telephones anymore. Um, that doesn't mean as an organization, we don't care about telephones. It doesn't mean that telephones aren't part of my strategy, but they are no longer part of my day-to-day uh, -day kind of thought process and concern. Um, if I'm being honest, we figured out how telephones work, I don't know, 60 years ago, and they've <laughs> evolved, but haven't really been top of mind, front of mind for a very long time. Right. I took a call for two reasons. One, um, I like the, the vendor that I was talking to, and two... Um, it was a friend and he, he said, hey, is this something that, that you'd be interested in? We have a really good practice around this. And I wanted to know, does this sound intriguing enough that I send it to, my, to the person in my organization that does care about it, that does have day-to-day -day care and feeding, right? And so I said, it's fine, but let's keep the conversation strategic. So I understand how does this fit into an overall strategy? What are the, ben what are the, the benefits I can bring to the business? Um, and how do I evolve beyond just the phone rings and you pick it up and answer it? Mm -hmm. So we're on the call and I said, okay, guys, just to do some level setting, I no longer, like phones aren't something I care about anymore. I no longer really spend any time on them. Um, I went through exactly what I told you guys. And I said, so let's keep it strategic. So I understand the business benefits. You guys started talking <clears throat> and then he went, well, let me, let me back up and make sure that this is a, the strategic conversation that you're looking for. And he immediately changed his tone to like he was speaking to a kindergarten classroom, explaining what daddy did for a living. Mm. And I went, hmm. Yeah. So this apparently doesn't know you. Is that, is that what? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't understand why someone would think strategic means dumb. And it occurred to me, the reason they think that is because they don't actually know how to have a strategic conversation. Right. So they've just assumed someone who's involved in strategy isn't involved in anything useful. And thus, a strategic conversation means not a practitioner anymore. And therefore, we'll dumb it down until the lights either, either dim or go out. Right. And in this case, you know, he stepped in it a little bit and said, hey, we're using artificial intelligence and machine learning like everybody else does. And I said, okay, cool. Let's stop there and dig in a little deeper. And they're not really using AI and ML in any useful way. Right. Um, like, I get it. You use AI and ML when you add a plugin, right? So if you're using transcription services, mm -hmm. that's technically machine learning at this point because we're right. using machine learning algorithms to understand language. Um, I, I get if you're using intent management or intent detection that we're technically using ML. But if all you've done is add a plugin to your tool, you're not actually using it. You're using a plugin that happens to involve AI and ML. Somebody built those algorithms and you're just applying them to your business. Uh, right. 
Correct. And I don't, I don't know that I would ever say that, you know, that, that that should allow a tool maker to say that's part of our tool. It's not really part of your tool. It's part of Microsoft's tool set. Microsoft's tool set. Right. Have you, have you encountered that, Paul? Uh, many times, as I'm sure this was not the first time you've encountered that conversation. <laughs> uh, I think there's always, especially from a vendor, but I also hear it from internal teams where uh, you're trying to have a different conversation and they're perceiving it as a depth conversation, right? So yes, it is absolutely true. And it probably will always be absolutely true that the people who work for you or the people that are closer to the keyboard significant, know significantly more depth with the topic than you do. Absolutely true. I fully appreciate that reality. That's been true for a couple of decades of me being a leader. You will know more than I do. Great. Uh, but I'm not trying to get you to have a conversation that is dumbing down the topic for me. I want you to have a different conversation with me. It's less about you taking it from code to concept. I want you to take it from concept to implementation or value or uh, tell me the why, not the what's. Uh, give me an, a, you know, enlighten me on a usage that I wouldn't prepare to know about. Like, uh, educate me on something, take me out of my box, right? Take me out of my comfort zone. Give me uh, a reason to care beyond what I might have a you know, preconceived value on. Like that's, that's the different conversation. Um, and I have it just as much internally as I do externally. It's painful when it is external because that shuts down the conversation real quick. It's actually interesting you brought something up there. Um, so as we go through the the why, right, and I get intrigued, and I got intrigued by their use of of the words AI and ML. Mm -hmm. When I dug into what I'd really want to get out of that, right, how I would want that to work, what an application of that would look like for me, it doesn't have it. Doesn't do it. <clears throat> I rang up the phone. I realized the fact that it doesn't do it means there's an opportunity. And guess what? I found out nobody else does it either. Hmm. I think an interesting pod topic might be how do you how do we manage that innovation and invention that we create within ourselves, right? What does that look like to us? How do we how do we handle that? Hmm. Right? What do we do with those things when we when we're when we see an obvious miss within the market? Right? So I think I think maybe our viewers can look forward to that in a future topic. What do you think, Carlos? Yeah, I will make it a list. It's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, I've been going through a similar challenge of what you describe, but in my case, I'm the one going up as a leader, always in charge of the highly technical, uh, getting the teams. And I have technically done the up level to bring the strategic conversation. Now I have to get a team to understand that difference so we can then add the value to the business from that strategic without what you mentioned, that dumbing it down. And, it, and it's interesting that, that we're having this conversation because I was having a session last week. Um, and the feedback was really good because they have never received something like that, specifically talking to sales and helping them look at the strategic value that they bring when they present uh, the company's products. 
So it's interesting that you mentioned that because then it's, it's difficult. So I think my question for you guys is how do you train or coach your teams so they understand the difference between both so they can then have that strategic conversation and learn to recognize it. like how are you uh, and paul you guys recognize it when they were talking to you and say okay this is not strategic this is actually dumbing it down and it making me waste my time so this vendor doesn't understand probably what i truly need so so let me go first because i would say the answer to your question is poorly <laughs> poorly because you worked for me as an enterprise architect where the goal was to to make that change and and having that revelation last week means i failed at my job no as a as, as the <laughs> of, of enterprise architecture at least to some degree um the the challenge is it it, it it isn't one thing, right? Um, learning to speak strategically isn't one thing. And it's not something that, it's not something that I ever got from a book. It's not something I got from a classroom. It's not something that I got from a single source or single mentor or single conversation or single effort or single thing. Um, it, it was an evolution of thought that occurred over a decade, maybe, right? Where, where it went from um, kind of that I'm a technologist in a technology space working in working with technology to bring value to an organization right that's kind of the beginning of that journey. Um, it's the realization that that i'm not doing it for the sake of technology i'm doing it for the the value that it brings to the business. Um, and you I think you kind of have to come along to that a little bit on your own, you could be pushed and prodded. But I can actually remember kind of that wake up point for me. And then, and then I think it's, it's okay, cool. So now that I've come to that realization, how do I apply that lens? Right. I always think of it as kind of a this series of lenses that go over your, your perspective, right? Okay. So now if my lens is no longer make the technology work, but really improve the business through the efficiencies and capabilities that technology enables, um, then you kind of start to, to, to like, at first you're putting that lens on, okay. I'm in a conversation with the business and therefore I'm wearing that lens. So that when I talk to them, I talk in their language, I talk to their goals, I talk to the th how they get paid, right? What motivates them. And then you find yourself doing the same thing in a meeting that doesn't have the business in it at all, right? You're with other technologists. Um, and, and now you're speaking a language they don't actually speak, right? And so you turn it off, you, take, you go, oh shit, I'm wearing the wrong lens and you take the lens off. Now you're back to technology speak. But then the next time you're in the room, you do the same thing. And you find before long, I'm now wearing that lens all the time. That has now become the lens through which I see. And now I'm adding the technology for technologist lens as opposed to before where I was taking it off, right? And then I'm still at the same stack level, right? I'm still thinking product first, what's the value of the product? What's the capability that adds to the product? And then I start kind of moving into process. All right, cool. So. Now we're, we've been stuck in this kind of product view. Now I'm gonna look at a process view because the process view moves me up the stack and really set, and really um, separates me from the, 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 the capabilities tied just to the product, right? And then pretty soon that becomes a lens. And now you're no longer thinking about product. You're no longer thinking about tools first. You're thinking about what is the process and then how do I find a tool that enables that process rather than how do I build a process around the capabilities of a tool, tool I own. Then you keep running into the same problem, which is people because I'm not speaking the language that people speak. No one likes process natively, right? Human beings are not built for process. 
were little individual chaos animals. <laughs> they got together with sticks and stones in drives and hit shit over the head, right? It wasn't until we invented farming, agriculture, and agriculture at scale that we invented anything remotely close to a process, right? So it, it doesn't actually come naturally to us. Um, and then you start thinking about people. Okay, cool. So how do I start changing hearts and minds? At that point, now you're now you're now you're a strategist. Because strategy is all about starting with hearts and minds. The hearts and minds are just the lens of the business, the business we wish to operate in. It may not even be the business that we currently do operate in, right? Because the business should be striving for how do I become the thing I want to become? How do I become the thing, my vision statement? How do I become the thing my president says we're going to be that we presented to the board, that we presented to the world, that we've talked about on the street, right? And a real strategist isn't aiming for how do I accomplish today what I need to do today, but how do I move this machine, this organism into position to be what we've said we want to be, mm -hmm. Um, and everything that I described really was just changing the conversation for today. And then process is changing the conversation for near term tomorrow. People is changing the conversation for say a year. When you finally realize you're a strategist is when you've changed the conversation to three years and five years and 10 years, right? And, and you as a strategist can close your eyes and see the whole decade kind of laid out. So it's more visionary? Sure, but but a, a visionary is a strategist. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think those two terms are separated, and, and they're really just separated within the context of, of how we talk about them because we're not used to actually having strategists. And the reality is, um, not to be too blunt, but, but we've been hosed by MBAs who call themselves strategists that don't actually understand strategy. A financial analysis of the next three years is not a strategy. Right. Strategy must have a story attached to it. You cannot tell the story through numbers alone. Numbers support the story. They are the evidence, right? They are not the story itself. And so if all you can do is look to the numbers and expect that to tell the story, you are not a strategist, you are a financial planner. And we have too many financial planners that sit in the C-suite. They will not help you accomplish the goal alone. You must have the storytelling piece of strategy, which involves people, which involves process. You, you certainly need both, right? You, you can't, uh, you need a set of people that thinks incremental, right? Where I am now and where I need to be in the next step, because that's where the devil's in the details, right? The individual coder, the individual sysadmin has to do individual work. Um, the problem, of course, is that nobody's thinking about the flagpole or the waypoints, right? So uh, somebody's got to think about the longer term complexity, which direction I have to turn, how long it takes to make that turn. Um, if I have to displace a waypoint with another waypoint because of some external economic constraint, then I can do so, right? The incrementalist isn't thinking that way. And, and to answer your question, Carlos, where... Where I spend my time is um, ensuring that whomever's presenting to me, whether it's internal or external, um, is out of their comfort zone, right? I don't want to know the details of the thing that you're selling me. I don't want to know the architectural details of the thing you're trying to build. Tell me more about why you're doing it. Tell me more about what the 
audience who's going to consume this thing is going to care about it. Tell me about um, what waypoints uh, that I have already determined going to be how this attributes to getting that goal or why the people that are waiting at the flagpole care about the thing that you're talking about. Is it going to create a bright light to make sure I can get there? Uh, so getting those people out of their comfort zone of the features and functions and style and programming into the directional attitude of what I need to make this whole strategy become true becomes important. And that is a difficult thing to do. And it's really about asking different questions. It's about stopping the conversation quickly and saying, I don't want to hear about this anymore. It's not as interesting to me as what you might think it is. I want to talk about this set of topics. I want to talk about how it aligns to what I care about in my business or what my customers care about or what my shareholders and investors care about. This is what's more appealing to me. And if you're uncomfortable with that conversation, then you need to go spend time thinking about those answers and then come to, back to me a second time. Yeah, I think part of it is um, we're all in sales. Yeah. And I don't, I don't carry a bag. I'll never carry a bag. That's not something I'm interested in. Um, and, I, and I have respect for people who, who do do that. Like, I don't, please don't take it that way. Um, it's just not something that I, it, it's not something I, I natively understand but I absolutely understand that I'm in sales and I've been in sales for 30 years. Right. Um, so, so that, I think that's a big piece of it, right. Is how do I get the people who work for me to understand that they are also in sales mm. and sales is not about talking about what you want to talk about. It's why we have sales engineers. If, it, if sales was about talking about what you wanted to talk about, there would just be sales. There would be no sales engineers and the people that are sales engineers would be the salesmen. Right. right. It's about talking about what your client wants to talk about, what your customer wants to talk about, what your audience wants to talk about. Right. right. And so, um, so, so that's kind of a big challenge, especially for, for technologists, for practitioners, right? Um, they want to talk about the shiny thing that they're doing without taking into consideration that their audience may not, may not care or understand what the shiny thing is, what the benefit it has or why you would do it. Mm -hmm. We need to start with the sales aspect. What, what is this shiny thing going to do to improve my life, to improve my business, to improve my day-to-day -day job, right? And it can be near field, right? How's it gonna help me tomorrow? Or it can be long-term, how is this gonna make a, make a big impact in the long-term, right? Strategic investment, as it were. Um, and I think once we can convince people that part of their job is sales, then we can do this, the next step, which is, okay, now that, now that we understand part of my job is sales, right? That I'm constantly selling, how do I ensure that I'm selling the right thing to the right audience in the right way? Sort of break it down into a process. So how would you have, what would have been the perfect conversation with that telephone organization, with that vendor? Well, what would you have expected the, the conversation to go? How would you have? Um, well, they were talking about contact center, right? So contact center. I said telephone, but I meant contact center. Yeah. And so, so it really would have been, hey, I understand this isn't, you know, like you're the CIO, so you're probably not intimately involved in the contact center. When was the last time you were intimately involved in the contact center? And I would have given a very specific dated answer. Mm -hmm. um, and, okay, cool. So a lot's changed in that time. Let me tell you what contact center can mean today to an organization as a, as a we're just going to talk Greenfield, right? Kind of big picture. These are the, this is the strategic value because 
everyone realized we spent a decade not changing contact center, mm -hmm. right? We spent a decade not really doing anything different. We just took what was a series of kind of closed systems and made them a little bit more open source, made them a little bit more digital. But once we did that, there wasn't really a whole lot of innovation for a period of time. Well, now that innovation has come to contact center. Mm -hmm. And this is what that innovation looks like. And this is what that innovation can mean to your organization. That conversation, yeah, and I'm, I'm super into that conversation, right? And that conversation gets me to kind of open the doors and go, okay, cool. Well, these are the people that you need to talk to within my organization. Um, and I really want to talk about that innovation because the innovation is the buying trigger. And that's something I can bring to my organization and say, hey, you know that thing that we do that, that, that frankly we're bad at? This is how we're going to get better at it. And this is yes. an iterative step to do so. Right? It's like Paul, you and I talk about, and we talk about on the show a lot. We talk about capabilities a lot, mm -hmm. that term, um, and and kind of what it means, right? Capabilities are are some something new and innovative that are brought to the organization, right? right. What are the capabilities? What can I deliver to the business that has value? That's a capability. Um, and if we don't frame the conversation that way, then I'm, I'm not really interested in the conversation, whether it's internal or external. Yep. Would you have wanted them to ask about your future? In other words, is it an effective conversation for them to give you the debrief of the last 10 years uh, to align that to what you think the future of your technology team or business needs to sort of overcome over the next five years? Um, absolutely. Uh, but in those like first intro calls, before I even know that I'm interested in the, in the technology, I really want you to get me excited about the capability you can add. Got it. Then, then I'll lift the skirt and I'll go, okay, cool. Well, well, just so you know, this is what we have planned for the next 10 years. This right. is what I'm involved in. This is what my strategy looks like, right? Then I'm, I'm thrilled to have that conversation every time because now you've got me excited because I see some alignment. Right. And that alignment, I don't really want to waste the half hour going through my story. That's fair. You're, you're looking to see based on your knowledge of your future, whether this thing might be a rock, right? A big rock, a small rock, but is it, is it a rock in that strategy? Oh, right. Or is it even a full waypoint, right? Cause I'm going to learn something from you in the next 30 minutes that might even change how I'm even perceiving my strategy going forward. Yeah. And, and, and that's I, what I'm looking for, right? I'm looking for those lighthouse moments. Right. Right, where I'm, I'm sailing through the darkness, not expecting land, and then bing, there's a lighthouse, right? Oh crap, there's land ahead. I've now learned something new. Right. And that, and that land ahead means I must change my strategy or else I'm gonna hit the shore. So how do I change that strategy to make it a more efficient strategy? Now I can update my map and the next ship that comes through knows there's land here. We're gonna have to sail around it because it's not our final destination. Yeah. It's know. actually one of the reasons why I start the vast majority of my presentations with that one slide that you've seen many times, smarter people work somewhere else, right? Because I want to level set the thing here, right? To say, while you probably know your business and your technology very well, you don't know everything. And it's the outside world that actually is going to have a much bigger dramatic effect on your strategy than what you already know today, capabilities, right? What capabilities are you missing? in order to actually move the needle in your organization in some dramatic way versus just small incremental change based on the things you already know. It was funny um, it, that actually, this is all kind of leading towards another issue that I see. And I see it a lot more internally than externally, but I see it externally as well, right? From vendors. 
and that is um, the smart bully in the room, mm. right? Where um, you have someone very, very smart in the room and their contribution often hits, um, hits you through bullying, right? Like it happened yesterday. Someone, we're on the call, um, we're going through kind of projects and issues. And one of the issues is we had someone leave and their account is the service account for a particular service. And I said, why is this not a service account? To which I reply, service accounts are stupid and nobody uses service accounts. And the reason nobody uses service accounts is because the alerts need to be watched and a service account doesn't guarantee the alerts are, are being watched. To which I responded, that is a ridiculous answer. <laughs> Everyone uses service accounts. I don't know how you pass an audit without a service account. You may fail the audit if no one's monitoring the alerts from the service account. Right. But we use service accounts for a very specific reason, and it is so that when someone leaves the organization, we don't break the account by disabling it, nor do we have to change who it goes to. <laughs> right. By coding, we simply go into the service account, and if all we've done is CC someone, we just change the CC. Right. And and we are never doing this again. This is not the way that it is to be done, right? Um, and, and I come to find out later, this is a conversation that had been had a bunch, and he had just bullied his way through. Um, and well, um, this comes back to that assumption: strategic is not does not mean dumb. Um, while I'm not sitting at the keyboard anymore, I'm still highly technical. I'll let you guys channel. You guys are welcome to to call me if, if you think that is incorrect. Um, and so if you're going to, to make a claim that I determine is stupid in the room, even if it's not strategic where I wanna have the conversation, I'm still going to call you out on it. Right? And strategic doesn't mean we won't dig into things, that we won't go from 10,000 feet down to the ground level. Um, it just means I want the option to do it, not the other way around. There's strategic ideas, there's strategic concepts, there's also strategic decisions, kind of what you're saying now, right? Is that there might be a whole bunch of technical data or technical process to which you're, you're currently undergoing, but you're doing it for the wrong reasons, or you're doing it because you have a misunderstanding of what other people are actually doing or behaving. And that's where the strategic decision-making comes in place to say, it's not that I necessarily know more than you, but I have much more appreciation of the external implications of the tactical process to which you're undertaking. And maybe we should change. Right. The strategic direction of what you're doing is wrong. The right. tactics are fine, right? But the, but the way you're applying those tactics don't apply because strategically everybody does it differently. Right. <laughs> right. The industry doesn't do that. Yeah. And you're impacting waypoints that way, right? The, the last thing you want to do is put up your own constraints to hit those waypoints, right? Instead of creating, you know, a, a bow that looks like this, you have a bow that looks like this. <laughs> so helpful, right? Unless of course you're hauling garbage, right? right. And or, or you're 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 no longer creating rowboats; you're creating very small sailboats. <laughs> right. Right. Well, if we're sinking and there's no and there's no wind, we need rowboats. And the reason we use rowboats is because we're generally also using them when we're very close to shore. When I don't actually want a sail pushing me into the into the rocks, I want more fine tuned control over where I'm right. going. Robots. But I get that sailboats are easier because you know we let the wind do the work. We actually need robots for a very specific purpose. That's not an innovation that's going to work. Right. You also need wind. <laughs> that's not a <laughs> that's not a constant consistent factor. 
Nope. And I certainly can't guarantee wind when I'm buoyed inside um, what might be inside a, you know, a, a mountain range. Right. <laughs> there may be actual factors cutting the wind. Right. And so, um, so to, to kind of stick with that, right, were you to replace your rowboats with sailboats, you would not fundamentally understand the purpose of the sailboats and the why the sail, the, the or sorry, the, the purpose of the rowboats. And you would not understand the why behind why the rowboats exist in the first place. Right. I see a lot of that. No, no, no. I, I, while I understand that you think this is an innovation, the fact is the prior method existed for a very specific reason that you can no longer purpose, that you can no longer accomplish underneath your new method. So mm. while it sounds neat, you, you've completely missed the point of why that existed in the first place. <laughs> right. Nice. Good chat, Carlos. Yeah, an interesting chat. Strategic does not mean that I'm dumb. Mm -hmm. It means that a strategic conversation needs to be focused on the business and what is the value that that solution can bring. So learning to go up is a process. And Howard, by the way, I learn a lot working for both of you. Um, <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is the application to help others see it. That is what is the challenge of you understand it, you do it, how now you bring other people to do the same thing. It's uh, the growth process. And I think that that's what we help a lot through this podcast to the leaders. My friends, as I learn every week, you learn, make sure that you share this with your team, your family, your friends, put it on social media, put it everywhere. Make sure that you hit that bell, you subscribe, and we'll see you on our next episode.